Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spitting Fire with Keatris. I am your host, Keatris Keys. I pray that each and every one of you are doing well on this Monday, October 26, 2020. This is episode number eight of Spitting Fire with Keatris. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about a guy that we all know in the Bible by the name of Saul. And I want to talk to you from, from, from a standpoint of uh, an attack to distract. An attack to distract. Saul was, um, of course we know, he was focused on destroying believers. Literally murdering believers. He stood by and he watched while Stephen was murdered. And in Acts chapter 8 verse 1 it says, now Saul was consenting to his death. Speaking of Stephen, at that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. So we want to talk about our bad boy Saul today. Of course, we know the enemy had him distracted from his true purpose in life. Just as I read, Saul wreaked havoc on the lives of the church. You know, he, he was so bad. He, he literally went into the homes and threw the men and women into prison. He actually persecuted the church. Now, this could have distracted the people of God and stopped them from moving forward. And in turn, this would have stagnated the progression of the church and slowed down the spreading of the gospel. Most times in our lives, the things we go through from early on in our lives are distractions which was sent by the enemy and, and is sent to try to stop us from discovering our purpose and walking in it. So you shouldn't feel like you're alone when you're going through those type of things. We all face distractions. We all face attacks. We just have to know that the attack is only sent to distract us from discovering who we really are in God and from walking in that purpose. They're meant to stop us. And oftentimes than not, the enemy is very successful in stopping God's people from walking in their purpose. He's very cunning and conniving and he's very, um, he tries to be very, um, stealth and he tries to be very, you know, subtle. But when you are walking with God in relationship and fellowship, like you're supposed to be, you can see those attacks come before they even cause you to be distracted. So we see um, Saul persecuting and attacking the church. And what this caused to happen was they moved, they spread out. And then that means that the gospel was taken everywhere. So in the same time that God that, that Saul was attacking the church, God was working in the background and he was causing the gospel to be spread. So they went everywhere preaching the word. So you cannot stop the purpose that God has. You can't stop.
the word from going forth. God said that his word was going to go forth and it was going to accomplish the things that he put it out to accomplish. So no matter how many times you are attacked or no matter what the enemy makes it look like, you have to always know that God is behind the scenes working. We can't always see what he's doing when we're going through what we're going through. We can't always, you know, pinpoint and determine how this thing is going to come out. But just know that God is behind the scenes working and his purposes shall be fulfilled. Now, Saul had a purpose. The enemy knew that Saul was born with purpose. The enemy knew that Saul had purpose. So he had to distract Saul. He had to get him off the right course. He had to get him off of the, the predestined course that God had set for him. Saul was a very educated man. He was not dumb by no means. But he wasn't educated of the things of God. I'm talking about Saul now. Saul was not educated of the things of God spiritually. But he was educated of the things of God by the law. He was taught the law by Gamaliel from an early age. If we look at Acts chapter 22, where Paul starts to give his testimony of his past dealings. And Acts chapter 22 says, let me flip to it real quick. He's um speaking about his um he's speaking to um the men. And he says to them, men, brethren, and fathers, hear my defense before you now. And when they had heard that he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, they kept all the more silent. Then he said, I am indeed a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, taught according to the strictness of our father's law and was zealous toward God as you are all today. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering into prisons, both men and women. Paul is here giving his testimony of his past dealings. And that brings something to my mind while I'm, while I was, you know, while I'm thinking about Paul giving his testimony as to the things that he, he had already done. You know, sometimes we hear, and it's, it's mainly a lot of church people, that you shouldn't talk about your past and you shouldn't talk about what you did and you shouldn't talk about what you, you know, the places you've been, what you've gone through, what you've done. But we have Paul reminiscing and he's he's telling his testimony. He's telling them what he did to the believers. He's telling them that he drug them out. He's telling them that he persecuted the way of Christ. So what is the point of having a test and a trial if you can't testify to the fact that God brought you out of it and he delivered you out of it? A lot of times we want to hold on to what, you know, what God has brought us out of. We want to hold on to the things that God has delivered us from. But how many of you know that once you start telling it, once you start testifying to the goodness of God, and once you start letting people know that God brought you out of some things and he delivered you from some things, that that gives them hope. That gives them hope to look to the future to say, well, if he done it for her or if he done it for them, then surely he can do the same thing for me. So then our testimonies are not to be held in silence. Our testimonies are to be shared with the world. Our stories are to be shared with the world so that they will know that God is the almighty God and he can deliver anybody out of anything. 
So we need to get past the point of once we come into the realization of Christ and once we uh, accept him as our Lord and Savior and once we are filled with the Holy Ghost, that we cannot talk about what God delivered us out of. We need to be delivered from that. Church folk need to be delivered from that. From holding on to, to, to being delivered. What is the purpose? Why would God stoop down, pick you up out of the muck and miry clay, set your feet on a solid foundation, and you hold it? Why would he do that? Even when he met the woman at the well, and he told her of all the things she had done, she ran back to the city and she told the people, come see a man who told me all about myself. Come see a man. So she testified as to what Jesus told her and how he delivered her at the well. But we don't want people to know that we did some dirt. We don't want people to know that, that you know, you know, we, we didn't come out the womb, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. We don't want the world to know that, you know, we messed up. We don't want people to know that. We don't want people to see that. We just want them to think that we arrived. We, we arrived sparkling and so fresh and so clean, clean. But that's not true. That is not true. So, so it, 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 it really, you know, um, touched me when I, when I read this, of course I've read it plenty of times, but I read it and I saw where Paul testified of his past dealings. He let them know. Yeah, I, I was Saul. I am the one that drug Christians. I'm the one that threw them in prison. I'm the one that persecuted the way of Christ. Saul was zealous toward God as far as the law was concerned, but he had no true experience with God. But from the beginning of time, he had purpose. Galatians 1, 15 through 16 tells us that Paul is saying here, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. So Saul had purpose from the beginning of time. He was predestined to reveal Jesus from the beginning of time. But the enemy got in there and he tried to thwart the plan of God to keep Saul from doing that purpose thing that he was called from his mother's womb to do. And he does the same thing to us today. He does the same thing to us today to keep us from walking in the purpose of God, to keep us from, from discovering who we really are in God. He sends all kinds of things our way, fiery darts and all types of things to slow us down, to stop us, to make us doubt God, to make us doubt ourselves, to make us forfeit our purpose. So while Saul was attacking believers, he himself was under attack. He was out there fulfilling the plan of the enemy, attacking the church, and he was himself under attack by the enemy. And attack to distract. The enemy was attacking Saul to keep him distracted from fulfilling the God-given purpose of his life. The forces of hell know that we have purpose. The forces of hell are going to attack us. They're going to, uh, to distract us to keep us from fulfilling our purpose. But even in the distraction, God is still in action. Just like I said before. 
even when it, all those things are going on, just know that behind the scenes, God has not left you. God has not forsaken you. He is working that thing out for your good. It may not feel good. It may not look good. It may not sound good. And when you eat it, it may not taste good. But in the end, God will get the glory from your life. But you have to hold on. You have to know that the attack that you're going through is only a distraction. A lot of times things happen in our lives and we have no clue as to why they're happening. Even as children, things happen to us. I can testify to that. You know, going through uh, being molested as a child by, by different people, touched in ways that I shouldn't have been touched as, as a child, which turned me into turned me on to other things in life that I shouldn't have been turned on to. But that damaged me as a child. So we go through things in life and we wonder, God, why in the world are you allowing this to happen to me? But at the same time, it was building my muscles. I didn't know that. Even as an adult, before I came into the realization of everything that happened to me and why it happened, I didn't know it was building my muscles. I didn't know it was making me strong for kingdom. I had no idea of that at the time. But a lot of times when we're under attack, that's what's happening. The enemy is distracting us to keep us from walking in our purpose. But at the same time, God is building our muscles so we can walk in our purpose. And so you just need to understand and know that when we are under these type of attacks from the enemy, it's not flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities and powers in high places. We can't fight the devil with our fist. So then that means that we have to get in God's word. We have to let God's word get in us. And we have to walk so closely to him that he reveals our purpose and we can fulfill that purpose. A lot of times we can't see what our purpose is. We can't walk in our purpose because we're not walking with God the way we're supposed to be walking with God. So Saul had this feeling that, that, you know, his purpose was to tear down God's kingdom. The enemy had him going. The enemy had him going. He was good at what he was doing. But unbeknownst to the enemy, he was driving Saul all the time. He was driving Saul to, to his God-given purpose. See, and, and I, I love to just, you know, sometimes I just sit back and I just, I look at some things that have unfolded in my life and I see the hand of the enemy and I see what he's, he has tried to do. And then I just, you know, I just kind of stop for a minute and you've got to know teachers, you got to know, you just got to know me. And, and I just stop for a minute and I just kind of say, you know, Satan, you real stupid. I just kind of have to say, you know, you, you ain't smart at all. Cause if, if you had any sense, you wouldn't have put me in the place that you put me in or that you thought you were putting me in to break me down. Because at the same time, you thought you were breaking me down. But every time I came back stronger than I was when I before I went through the thing that he sent my way. So I, I often say to him, when you going to stop? When, when you going to stop being stupid? When you going to stop helping me build my muscles? But he can't because he, he's ignorant. He don't know. He can't see the end. But yeah, I stop. And I just look at him with that face that I make. And I'm like, you know, you real stupid, Satan. <laughs> you real stupid. But, but, but just like Saul, we have purpose. And the enemy tries to snuff that purpose out. He tries to snatch it out. He tries to destroy it. 
But if we stay with God the way we're supposed to be, we will fulfill those God-given purposes. We will fulfill those God-given purposes. And understand and know, just like um, I said earlier, when the distraction is 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 there, God is in the in the back performing actions. We just have to know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Now, we just can't take that scripture and run with it and say, oh, well, it's all working for my good. No, it says to them who love God. See, you got to love God if you want him to work all things together for your good. Then you got to be the called and then you got to be called according to his purpose, uh, according to his will, not our will, his purpose and his will. See, there are things that that hang on all things working together for our good. So you so once you are. Once you are loving God the way you're supposed to and you're called according to his purpose, then those things begin to work together for your good. So then we have to know when those things come against us that we cannot stop. We don't quit. We don't give up. It's only an attack to distract. We have to keep moving forward. Saul kept moving. The enemy had him throwing God's people in prison left and right. Oh, Saul was real about what he was doing. He was real. He was dedicated. He was sold out to do what he was doing. How many of you know that God can't use you if you're not real? See, Saul was real about what he was doing. See, and, and that that's something that, that I often look back on in my life. When I was out there in the streets, when I was out there running up and down the you know street, uh, living my life for Satan, I was real about it. I was full-fledged, unborn again. I mean, I was out there, and I gave it everything I had. God cannot use you if you're not real. So when I'm, why, why did I say that? Because the same tenacity that I had running the street, I got the same tenacity for kingdom business. I got the same grit. I got the same determination for kingdom business, for kingdom people to to to. To turn people on to their true purpose in God. I got that same drive, even more so. Why would I leave the street and come in, in God's kingdom and sit down and not do anything? Why would I allow God to bless me with talents, gifts, and I not use them to better the kingdom of God? See, a lot of us are gifted. We're talented. There are things that we can do. You may not do what I do. You may not be able to do what I do. That's fine. I may not be able to do what you do, but we need to take our gifts and talents and work them for the kingdom. We need to take our gifts and talents to uplift and and edify one another and not keep it for ourselves. God didn't give us these talents to hold on to. He gave them to us to share with the world. Sheep beget sheep. He gave it to us so we can go out and make fishermen of men so we can call them into the kingdom so then they can start fulfilling their kingdom purpose. So Saul was real about what he was doing. The enemy thought he had it all worked out, but the enemy can't ever see the end result. He blind like that. If he had known that Saul was going to was was going to have that Damascus Road experience, he wouldn't have never allowed him to obtain those letters in Acts nine and one. He wouldn't have never he wouldn't have never allowed that to happen. Acts nine and one says. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. This is after Stephen had been stoned. Still breathing um, threats against the disciples of the Lord. Went to the high priest. Saul went to the high priest. 
and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, any believers, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So if Satan had known that Saul was going to have that Damascus Road experience, he wouldn't allow him to go ask for those letters. He wouldn't allow him. He would have he veered him somewhere else. But see, he can't see the end result. He don't know everything. He's not omnipotent. He ain't omniscient. And he definitely ain't omnipresent. He may want us to think he is, but he don't have those. He, he don't have all. He don't, he don't have that. He, he was a created being. God created him. He don't have all that. He don't have those characteristics. He can't see everything. So Saul had a Damascus Road experience. He was converted. So after he was converted, his name was changed to Paul. And that's when he began fulfilling his God-given purpose. That's when he began to walk in the purpose that God had preordained for him from the foundation of the world. How many of you know that 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 we we have the we have the same things happen to us? God has preordained our purpose from the foundation of the world. We get off kilter, the enemy throws things in our way, we get off track, but then God draws us back full circle. So after Paul's conversion, he wrote more than half of the Bible. He basically wrote the New Testament. So he began to fulfill that purpose. He attacked believers and he had them thrown in prison. That attack didn't stop the spread of the gospel. It furthered the spread of the gospel. The very distraction of attacking God's people led to his conversion. I remember reading a story about, and I can't remember what his name was. Once I get off recording, it's probably going to pop up in my mind. But he started out reading the Bible to prove everything in the Bible wrong. And by the time he got through, he was converted. So you can't fool around with God's word. I mean, you you just can't. It's going to drive you or it's going to draw you. There's going to be some type. You cannot have a real relationship, a real um encounter with God, encounter with Jesus, encounter with Holy Spirit, and not come away changed. There just ain't no way. When God knocked Saul down off of his beast and blinded him, he had an experience. And there was no way nobody could tell him any different. And that's what God wants for us. Once we have that true experience, encounter with God, there's nothing nobody can tell us. I know from experience. You cannot tell me that God is not real. I don't care what God you serve. I don't care what name you call. You cannot tell me that my God is not real. You cannot tell me that, oh, you believe in that Jesus stuff. I believe it with every fiber in my being. There's nothing you can do to change my mind because I have had an experience with the man. And when you walk in right relationship with him, you will not be moved. You won't be moved by what everybody else is doing. So that's what happened when Saul got converted. He was not moved anymore by what no one said. He didn't care. He was sold out for Jesus. He was, he was so sold out that he was willing to die and die he did. 
but he said to live is Christ and to die is gain. So we win either way. It's a win-win situation. If we live, we good. If we die, we good. Because we are, we gonna obtain eternal life. So don't be afraid when these fiery trials come. The Bible tells us to count it all joy. These trials come to build your muscle. They come to build our muscle. It's just like bodybuilding. And it add a little bit more weight and a little bit more weight. And you get stronger and you get stronger. And by the time you 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 throwing left hooks at the enemy in the spirit now. I'm not talking about no for real fighting because you can't fight that dude like that. You throwing left hooks in the spirit. You knocking him down before he even opened his mouth to you. You allowing those trials to build your muscle. Let those trials and, and tribulations have their perfect work in you. The enemy has to try to find a way to stop God's plan. That's his job. We must know him and we must know his tactics. We have to put on the whole armor of God so we can stand against the wiles of that joker. His job is to take our focus off God and place it on a distraction to stop us or slow us down. He don't want us looking at God. He wants us to take our eyes off Jesus. But how many of you know when you keep your eyes focused on Jesus, that there's no way he will let you fall? When the distractions come, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your gaze on him. Keep looking to the hills from whence cometh our help. And all of our help comes from him. Don't take your eyes off Jesus. Tell him about the distraction and let him take action. Don't try to fight it on your own. Not in your power, not in your might, but by Holy Spirit. And that's when you will win. That's when you will conquer anything that the enemy brings your way. The Bible tells us no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Now, he didn't say the weapon wasn't going to form, but he said it wasn't going to prosper. He even went on to let us know that he is the one who allowed the blacksmith to make the weapon. But guess what? He didn't give the blacksmith the blueprint to make a weapon to destroy us. He make all the weapons he want, but those weapons won't destroy us. And we have to keep our minds stayed on that, on the, on that thinking. That yeah, it's not feeling good right now. It's not looking good. But I know it's all working for my good. The attack is to distract. But don't be thrown off kilter by distractions. Keep your focus gazed on Jesus. Keep him at the center of your life. An attack to distract. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Tell him about the distraction. Let him take action. And until the next time, continue to spit the fire of the word of God.